Well, I hope by now you have your Christmas decorations up. Uh, in those decorations, on those ornaments on your tree, does anyone have an ornament that says joy or decorations? Yeah, there's quite a few of you, right? That, that's, that's one of those Christmas decorations, right, that often is joy. Um, and the reason it makes sense is that Christmas is the announcement of good news of great joy, right? That's what the scripture reading we just had, uh, that's what the angels announced, right? Good news of great joy. And that's something that I think everyone needs, right? Who, who can't use uh, more joy? Um, you know, sometimes when you're looking for gifts for people, you're like, yeah, I wonder if they could use this. Well, you don't have to worry about you know, joy. Everyone can use more joy. It's not like a Snuggie. Remember those? Remember the Snuggies? Those were big. I think they still have them where they're those uh, blankets where you get like a hole for your head, you know, and it's like, could you use a Snuggie? I'm not so sure. I can't use it. To me, that's like a torture to be that hot and have a, like a blanket on you like that. Keith, you, same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's... Um, and so you wonder, you know, could they use a Snuggie? I don't know. I, actually, I hear there's one this year that's come out that has unicorns on it. It has like a little unicorn. Don't get any ideas. Um, but they're still around, those Snuggies. And, but when it comes to joy, <laughs> you, you don't have to wonder, does, you know, could, could somebody use more joy on Christmas? Because we all could use more joy, not just Christmas, but all of the time. And especially... Uh, you know, this year, this, this season, there's just this sense of discontent. I don't know if you've noticed it. In our, in our society, uh, part of it's pandemic, but it's just this general discontent, lack of joy. Uh, you know, there's the great resignation, right? I, I can't remember. There's something like 30% of the people have resigned their jobs and are looking for new jobs and stuff. And, and there's just this sense of, ah, I'm not, I don't have any joy. There's, there's discontent. So I think especially this Christmas, we could all use some good news of great joy. And that, that's the, the thing is, everyone's looking for more joy. And Christmas is that good news, the announcements of good news of great joy. And, and in our Christmas reading, we, we see that the great joy of Christmas, it comes from two areas. Right? There's great joy because the wait is over. Right? But then there's also great joy over the gift itself. So that's what we're going to look at today, primarily those two things. The great joy comes from this weight being over, and the gift of itself is something to enjoy. And the great part, right, because it's not just good news of some joy, it's good news of great joy. Why? Well, because it's, the, the joy is bigger than even the people participating in that particular event. So, the, for instance, the wait was over for Mary. So she was pregnant, and when, if you've been pregnant, so I hear you really want the, the birth to come because, you know, there's that little furnace in you, and it's just, you know, your ankles swell and all of this stuff. Um, and so there's, there's joy when the wait's over. So Mary was joyful that now she has a, a baby. But that joy was even greater than Mary in that this child didn't, wasn't just mean, didn't just mean the wait was over for Mary. This child meant the wait was over for all of Israel who had been waiting for this Christ child, this Christ to come. The, great, the, the joy was also great in that it was bigger. It was a gift to Mary, of course, a new baby, that's a gift. But this was a gift to the world. This, this child 
was the Savior. He was a gift not just to Mary and Joseph and, and all that. It was, he was a gift to the world. So that's why it's good news of great joy because it's greater than even the circumstances. And so let's look. Look, look at, um, we already read the scripture, but I'm going to read it again. But now as I read it, I want you to pay attention to the joy words. Okay, this scripture is very familiar, but now I want you to read it and, and really try to pick up on, yeah, the, the, the joy that we see in this event. So verse 8, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Okay, so, so far, no joy, right? There's fear, there's an emotion. Right? Oh, angels, and they're scary and powerful, and the, and the shepherds are scared. And the angels said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. So you have fear, but no, I'm bringing you joy. So your sort of natural inclination is fear, but no, no, I'm, I'm bringing you some good news of great joy that will be for all the people. So again, great joy because it's for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God. So th there's some joy there, right? A whole mess of angels just show up and they start praising God. Joyful praise and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them in heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that, they had, that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And here we see that, that wonder is a joyful wonder. Like, you, are you serious? That's amazing. And, but Mary treasured up all these things, all these things, pondering them in her heart. She treasured them. Like there's joy there. That's a, a quiet joy. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they heard and seen as it had been told them. So here, the angels bring good news of great joy. When the shepherds actually see it for themselves, they go rejoicing and they go praising God. And then Mary, she treasures these things in her heart. So Yes, we, we see a lot of times when, when something is good news of great joy, like people sing out, they shout out, we celebrate, the angels celebrated, the shepherds celebrated, but we also see that joy can sometimes be quiet because Mary, she treasures these things in her heart. She sits there with that quiet joy. That doesn't mean it's not a great joy. No, it is a great joy, and she's treasuring these things because this, her weight was over and the gift itself was precious. So let's look at those two things. The wait is over and the gift itself produces joy. A part of the joy is that Israel had been waiting for the, the, this Christ, okay, this Messiah. Christ isn't Jesus' last name, it's a title, right? He is the, the Savior, the Messiah that they've been waiting for for some time. And the Old Testament prophets gave Israel the, the, uh, these expectations 
that one day, you know, a Savior is going to come. One day God is going to intervene. One day all of the hurt and heartache that, that uh, sin and death has caused in the world, God's going to enter and, and he's going to make things right. He's going to restore. So wait for this. So the people of Israel were waiting for this. And right now, at this time when Jesus was born, they were under Roman rule, under Roman oppression. So it felt like the wait was even more like, God, when are you going to work? When are you going to send this one? And so when the angels say, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all of the people, for unto you is born this day uh, in the city of David a Savior, that meant they're, they're basically saying, You're, the wait is over. What you've been waiting for, he has arrived. Because they understand, wait, Christ, that's the Messiah, city of David. The, the Messiah is supposed to come. The Savior is supposed to come. And he's going to be um, like King David. He's going to be in the line of King David. So when the, for us, we're just like, yeah, that's that's interesting. They, when they hear this good news, they understand, no, this is what we've been waiting for for centuries. And that was good news of great joy because the wait was over. And it was great news, not just for Israel, but for the whole world. Because even those people who did not, or even now, people who do not think that they need a Savior, well, the fact is, whether we think we do or not, we do. That we have been separated from God. That we, uh, um, our, our sins separate us from from uh, eternal communion, eternal closeness with God. And so we have a problem. We need to be saved from those things, whether we believe it or not. And so this um, good news of great joy is an announcement that the wait is over, that creation, all of creation, has been waiting. Even if they didn't understand, they've been waiting for this moment when God would enter human history, where God would do something about the eternal enemies of humanity. That's sin, death, and Satan. And that he was entering in to this world, and uh, he would live a life, and on the cross, he would defeat sin, Satan, and death. And it would change the world. It would change history. It would change eternity. So whether they knew it or not, the wait was over. And so as Christians, we have great joy this Christmas because the waiting for God to fulfill all those promises, Christmas is an announcement. Yep, your wait's over. Your wait is over. And that causes us great joy. And think about it. Think about the times in your life when you were waiting for something and then that wait was over and, and the joy that it caused. So some of you, again, if you've had children, you, you understand like with Mary that, yeah, there's that wait, that nine months where you're like, ah, you know, the, uh, we're waiting, we're anxiously awaiting, and then the wait's over and it's a joyous occasion. Uh, some of you have tests, right? You, you, you go to the doctor and they give you tests and it's an anxious waiting, you know, what, am I going to get the results? And then the wait is over and Oftentimes, even, even if it's not necessarily good news, it's, there's a, a joy and a relief that the wait is over. I was thinking about um, one of the most, my most anxious waiting times. Yeah, there's babies and all that, waiting for babies and all that stuff. But um, I remember when I was, um, I was reminded of this, when I was talking with George last night about when I was in the Defense Language Institute, right, so I was in the army, and I was, I was, it was a year of intense language learning, learning Russian. And the thing is, is if you didn't hack it, they'd you just kick you out, you become a cook. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with being a cook, but we just didn't want to be cooks, right? Um, and we took the test, right, high-stakes test. And if you don't pass this, then, you know, you're going to think. And I just remember that, uh, you know, this was the days before Internet and all that stuff, that someone came and yelled out in the barracks, the test results are posted. 
And we all just sprinted. We just sprinted down to the, and it was like a half mile away, to, to the main office where they had listed all the test scores. And then we were just rejoicing. We were, well, most of us, <laughs> we were rejoicing and, and, and hugging one another. And, but the idea was as soon as we realized the wait was over, like we just busted down there. There wasn't any like, oh, okay, well, we've waited this long. Let's just chill out. It was, no, we all just ran down there um, to see those test scores. And so I think those times in our lives where we've been waiting for something and then that wait's over, that joy, that's meant to be just a taste of, of that wait being over, that um, end times wait being over. And it's just a taste, though, because this good news of great joy, it's bigger than any one of us, right? So each one of us, we may have that time. We had the joy of a, of a wait being over. But here, a, a better example would probably be like when all the world was waiting anxiously for like World War II to be over, right? The fighting had gone on a long time, or World War I on a worldwide scale. Uh, people would just say, when is this going to be over? And then the announcement no, the war is over. Like the rejoicing, that worldwide rejoicing, it was good news of great joy. And that's what um, Christmas is. It's that that wait is over so we can rejoice. And we should. We should uh, rejoice. But, you know, many in our day, they don't realize that the wait is over, right? Uh, many are still searching. And, you know, searching is a type of waiting. So... Maybe you're here, maybe you're online, and you're like, yeah, I'm kind of checking out this Christianity thing because I hear a lot about on Christmas this Jesus. And so you're searching, right? A searching is a type of waiting where you're waiting to find what you're looking for, right? Now, someone has said, I still haven't found what I've been looking for, but, you know, that's you too. That's a shout out to Nathan because um, he wants to go see them on their return tour. But the thing is, is, you know, that, that searching, that's a type of waiting. Where like, I, many of you might even be thinking, I, I'm not even sure what I'm looking for, but maybe I'll know when I find it. But uh, you're looking for meaning. You're looking for salvation where, where you know that the situation you're in, it's not how it's supposed to be. And so many people go through their whole life searching, waiting, want, you know, hoping to find that thing they've been looking for. And whether you know it or not, whether we understand it or not, Christmas is the announcement that, no, your wait is over. What you've been searching for, it's, it is here in this child in Bethlehem. And I know many of you, if, if, if that's where you're at, you might be thinking, well, no, I've already looked at this Jesus thing. Maybe you even grew up in a Christian household, so you've heard the Jesus story. But, and so you think, yeah, that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm, I'm still kind of searching. Well, you know, sometimes the, the thing you're searching for, right, even though you, um, it's, it's been there all along, but you just didn't realize it. And I, I want to challenge you, if you've heard about Jesus, if you've heard about Christmas and all of this stuff, and you're like, yeah, I've already tried that. No, look afresh. That this Christmas time, look again. That, you know, your wait is over. It, an example is, you know, sometimes the thing you're looking for, it was right there all along. That thing you've been searching for, it, ha it was there. Um, this has probably happened to you where you... You're searching for your keys, right? Your car keys. You're searching everywhere. 
looking and tearing things up, and, and you're getting late, and so the time's going by, like, I can't find this. And then you say to your wife, for example, hey, I can't find my keys. And she says, have you looked in your coat pocket? I'm like, of course I've looked in my coat pocket. I've already looked in my coat pocket. And she goes into my coat pocket and says, what are these, right? <laughs> That happens all the time. And it's not, I did, I actually did look, I, I put my hand in my coat pocket, but for some reason, I didn't, I didn't see them. <laughs> right. Or feel them. What's going on with that? But I submit to you today that maybe that's how, that's how Jesus is with you right now. That, yeah, you've, you, maybe you think you've already checked Jesus out. You've already looked at this. But look afresh this year, this Christmas, what you've been searching for, what you've been waiting for. It's, he's been there all along. And I know there's many folks, many testimonies of, of folks who are like, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home, but then, you know, I didn't think that was for me, so I went and did this and this. And then God gets a hold of them again. For some reason, the lights come on again, and they see Jesus afresh, and they're like, wait, he was there. He was the one I was looking for. I just didn't see it. May that be the case with some here today or those watching online. The, the, the wait is over. So the good news of great joy is great joy in what the wait is over. But you know, the great joy is also in the gift itself. The gift itself, a relationship with God. That we've been singing some songs and we're going to sing another one at the end. That God is with us. Emmanuel. Right? The Emmanuel means God with us. Then, and when the angels, and, excuse me, when uh, the angel announced to, to um, Joseph, he says, you'll bear a son and you'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. He says, and then you're going to name him Jesus because in Jesus means Yahweh is my salvation. It means G God saves. So in Jesus, in this child, God saves us so that God can be with us. You see, that's salvation. What is salvation? We are being saved for what we were created for. We were created to be in eternal relationship with God. He created us so that we would enjoy and be connected to the eternal love relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that we would find great joy in God himself. And on Christmas, it is the announcement that God is giving us the best gift that could ever be given. There's no higher gift than God himself. That's what Christmas is about. It's great joy because God is giving, him the, giving us the greatest gift that can be given, God himself. So it is a good news of, of great joy. God can give no greater gift than himself. And Many people totally misunderstand Christianity. Many people think that Christianity, or any religion really, but that Christianity is like any religion, and that, oh, you know what? It's, it's about, you know, not doing a certain set of things. A certain set of things that you like doing, you're, you just don't do those. Like, that's what it's about. No. Christianity is about God giving himself. God giving us him and that we would find joy in the greatest gift that exists, the greatest being exists, and that's God himself. You know, the Westminster um, Catechism says that the, the chief goal of, of man, the chief purpose of humanity is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. 
That's what Christianity is about. That's what Christmas is about, is that we are made to enjoy God forever. We're made to find our utmost joy in the utmost thing in the universe. And God says, you know, you, uh, you can't handle that. Like you've sinned, you've stepped away from that gift, but it's not over. I'm sending a Savior. I'm going to die for your sins so that you can enjoy me forever. That relationship can be restored. So Christmas really is God giving us himself. And again, there's no greater gift. That's why it's good news of great joy. Uh, John Piper in his book, Desiring God, it was, it's a book that I read many years ago when it first came out and really had an impact on me. And he says it this way. He says, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. When our utmost joy is found in God, what we're saying is we glorify God when we enjoy God with our heart, with our mind, with our actions, and we display that God is the best. He is the highest. He is the, the, the best thing we have. And we actually step into that, and then we just enjoy God. That actually glorifies him so much. It doesn't glorify God when you're like, well, I believe in Jesus, but I'm not really happy about it. Like that, I mean, some Christians give that, that kind of idea, that kind of vibe off. Like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I really wish I wasn't, but, you know, I have to be or something. No. And, and look at the Psalms. And this isn't just, so Jesus comes, it's good news of great joy, the best gift ever given, but it's not like it, uh, that idea that God is the best thing ever. It's throughout the Bible. Uh, look at the Psalms. Right? The Psalms are a bunch of praises about how great God is, that there's nothing better than God, that we find our fulfillment and our joy in God's presence. Um, so, Here's a little sampler, all right? I'm going to give you a little psalm sampler. You know, they have those holiday samplers, right? You know, like those Hickory Farms things. Like, who wouldn't want, you know, a sampler of some summer sausage and cheeses, right? I don't know why they did that, but sorry if you gave, uh, if you give holiday uh, Hickory Farms samplers. But there's, there's candy samplers, right? There's coffee samplers, right? These little things where you're like, all right, here's a, here's a taste. Have, have, a little, have a little bit, right, and enjoy this. Well, I want to give you a psalm sampler, that talks about, gives samples of, like, God is the best. Like, come taste and see that the Lord is good and find your joy in him. So, for instance, Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Anyone looking for fullness of joy? I mean, not, not just a little bit of joy, but fullness of joy. The good news of great joy, it's yours in God's presence through this Christ child. And forevermore, too. It's not like, you know, have fullness of joy for a little while. No, at God's right hand are pleasures forevermore. Why? Well, because if we're in God's presence forever in eternity, God's presence is what brings us joy. That's the gift. Or how about this? There's nothing better than God's presence. Uh, Psalm 73 25 through 26, the psalmist says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He's saying here, no matter what happens, no matter what kind of bad stuff that I come across in this world, God is my portion. If, if I have God, then yeah, it, it's, it, things on the outside might be bad, but it is well with my soul that, that uh, 
I desire nothing besides you. The psalmist has realized there's nothing better than God, so his highest desire is more God. Give me more God's presence. Uh, Psalm 37, 4, sorry, this isn't on this um, things because I just thought of it this morning. But uh, 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If we delight ourselves in God and his presence, God will answer that prayer. He'll say, oh, you want more of me, more of my presence? Here, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. The problem is not that we desire too much. The, the problem is, is we are satisfied with too little. Is that we're satisfied and we desire little trinkets, little temporary things in this world. And God says, wait a minute, I'm giving you, I'm, I'm giving you me. And desire, desire that. And, and if you desire God in his presence, Christmas is great news because God says, oh, do you, you want my presence? Do you want to enjoy my presence forever? I'm sending you this Christ child so it, it, it can happen, so that you can enjoy his, my presence. That's what God is saying here. Because there's nothing better than God. I'll give you one more in this, in this psalm sampler. Um, psalm 113, 4 through 6. It says, the Lord is high above all nations. There's, again, all the nations are like a drop in the bucket. So that even if, if, if we get a whole country, a whole nation, it's still nothing compared to God. It says, in his glory above all the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? That, and look throughout the scriptures, that, they, that's a, a common rhetorical question. Who's like our God? Because the question is, no one. There's nothing as high as God. So who is like our God? No one. There's nothing better. There's nothing as high and as great as God. So we need to stop settling. Stop settling for a fruit basket. Stop settling for the Hickory Farms summer sausage and cheese sampler, right? When God's saying, I'm giving you me. And here's, the, here's another thing. When, when this baby in the manger grows up, right, he gives his life as a sacrificial atonement to wipe out any sin or debt that, we would, that would separate us from God. Um, and so he saves us for God's presence. But right before the crucifixion, this is in John chapter 15. Right before the crucifixion, his disciples, right, they have found their joy and their meaning in Christ's presence. And now he's talking about leaving. So they're understandably disturbed because they know, wait, there's joy in the Savior's presence. So wait, you're leaving? And, and, and he's, he's describing that, no, no, this is going to be for the world. Right now you have me, but the world needs me. And this is what he says in John 15, verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. And then here's verse 11. These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is saying, yes, praise God that, that the love, first of all, the love, abide in my love, the love that I have with the Father. This is the love that Jesus has had from, from time eternal with God the Father. He's saying, yeah, you can abide in that love. That love I have with the Father, I'm giving it to you. But then he says, and also the joy, the joy that, that I have in my Father's presence, um, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. So Christmas is really about God opening up that eternal relationship of oneness, that, that three in one, that love and that joy, that sufficiency that God has in himself. Christmas is the announcement of, hey, great joy. You can have this eternally. You can enjoy God's love and his joy eternally. And so right before Jesus 
goes to his death, he tells his distraught disciples, okay, you're going to be sad. It's going to seem like my presence is going away, but really I'm making it possible for you and the world. This is good news of great joy, not just for you, 12 disciples, but for the whole world. So really the wait is over. That's what I want to say to you today. The angels, they announced it, and the wait is over. Stop searching. Receive that gift. And you receive that gift by accepting it, by grace. So many of you, maybe you've been waiting for a package, right? You've ordered something for a loved one, and you're waiting for the Amazon guy or the UPS person to deliver it. And you're waiting because you, you don't want them porch pirates to come steal it, right? Arg, right? Um, and so you're, you're kind of anxiously waiting for it. And then, but when it comes, if, especially if it's expensive, what do you got to do? Well, you go and you sign for it, right? You say, no, no, this is mine, <laughs> you know? Oh, my wait's over. Good. This is, this is mine. Do that today with Christ. If you've never before saying, yeah, I've signed for Jesus. Like, like he's the gift and I accept him. I've been waiting for him. Do that. And you're like, well, what does that look like? It, it's really a thing of the heart. It's just saying yes to Jesus. Like, yes, you're my Savior. You, like the shepherds, you receive that as the truth. You receive him as your Savior. Um, and if you've ever been baptized, that's one thing we Baptists, we like, all right, when you trust Jesus, when you say yes to Jesus, one of the things you do to publicly proclaim that is you, you're baptized. You're put in the water. It's, it's a beautiful picture of death to life, that Jesus' death is my life, that, that we're brought to newness of life and eternal life uh, with God. So if you've never been baptized, then I would say that's a good way to sign on for who Jesus is. But for the rest of us, let's stop settling on Christmas. Let's stop settling for a little, a few feelings of nostalgia. And, and take Christ up on his full gift of himself. Press in and say, yes, Jesus, this Christmas, I want to enjoy your presence. Right? I, I want to... to um, to fully walk in the joy it is of knowing God. And that really, there's like, you know, I could give you like 10 steps to doing that, but really, let's just start simple and say, and, and present yourself to God today. Say, yeah, God, I want all of you. I want your presence. Forgive me for settling for less. Because let's face it, I think all of us can confess that, right? That, yeah, God, I've been settling for less on Christmas. And, and take up his full gift of great joy. And then, again, the, the, the promise there is that in his presence there is fullness of joy. Let's do that. Let's pray. Lord, we put ourselves before you and we do. We, we start off by confessing. We, we settle for so little. Lord, help put in us as, as Christians, for those who've, uh, who've believed that, that we would fully embrace the gift of who you are, that we can have your presence. It's not just for eternity, but it's for today. We can enjoy your presence today. We gather now, Lord, because we know that we can be in your presence. And Lord, for any of those who are wondering, Lord, if if their wait is over, I pray you'd fill them so much right now, Lord. They would feel your, your power, your presence overwhelming them, reassuring them that yes, their wait is over, and they would make that commitment, Lord. But for each one of us, God, on this Christmas, may we rejoice in your presence. Emmanuel, God with us.
Lord, we praise you that the good news of great joy, you are with us. You have made it possible. Emmanuel, God with us, Lord, thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.